Welcome into Mustache, the drinking podcast. My name is Andrew, joined by Quinn as usual. And we have a very good show for you today, Quinn. And well, that that's a big promise. <laughs> it's it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Here's why. Here's why. I this 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 topic is very near and dear to my heart. One of the very first drinks that I tried when it comes to hard liquor. And uh, we're talking about the whiskey sour today, Quinn. And I know we're both. Oh, it's, it's a classic. It is a classic. We're both big whiskey fans. One of our friends was the first person to let me try this. And, and, and you know, I'm not, I haven't had it a lot since then um, because, you know, I go to a bar and I'm not necessarily going to order a whiskey sour. It feels a little weird and up class for the trashy town that we kind of lived in and the trashy bars that we were going to. But, you know, the dive bar feel doesn't fit in with the whiskey sour all that much. But there are some others. I disagree. I think a whiskey sour goes anywhere. It's just going to be a different kind of whiskey sour based on it, where it you is, are. But I think other sour drinks fit in a little more with that kind of feel. Do you know what I mean? Not necessarily the whiskey sour is what is is you know that's the point I'm pulling out. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you can disagree. That's the point. That's disagree. the point we're here for. You don't have to say I guess. You can just tell me to fuck off and, and say that's wrong. Like that, that's a valid Well, opinion. I'm not going to tell you to fuck. This isn't the mountain I'm going to <laughs> die on, but we'll get there. Quinn, let's get into it. What are we drinking today? I mean, I, I had some fun with this and I think it's not from the sounds of it. You did too. So I know I made a promise. I believe it was in our first episode that when we got to this, I would make the Brooklyn sour, New York sour, but uh, the New York sour. Uh, but I, forgot to get the wine for it. So instead I played around with a kind of classic whiskey sour with an egg white using a passion fruit preserve to make my simple syrup. Uh, so it's a passion fruit whiskey sour. And uh, as we were getting ready for this, I, I try not to drink it before, but I had about half of it. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Half's a little more than like a little, like a, half a glass. I mean, it wasn't the biggest drink that I made, but yeah, it it, it was pretty let's good. Take us through the drink, Quinn. How'd you make it? Let's just go through step by step here. That's that's why we're here. So I used one egg white, a double shot of Old Bardstown whiskey, which I was just introduced to, and honestly know very little about. Um, but I know it's a pretty affordable bottle kind of in the price range of Jameson. And I really like it. There's some notes of vanilla. It's a little bit on the sweeter side. It's a bourbon. And it, it's pretty great. Um, and then I used a little under a shot of lemon juice and a little under a shot of that simple syrup that I made with the passion fruit, kind of mixing it with water until it just became a liquid. Shook that up dry in a shaker uh, horizontally because you want to build up as much air as you can in that egg white, and it's going to react with the alcohol. Those proteins are going to start to create some kind of natural sugars and kind of sweeten up your drink in a different way than your simple syrup. It's going to be less of an aggressive sweetness and just kind of on the back end and also make this beautiful froth and thickness. And you want to take us after that, shake it dry or shake it uh, with some ice, pour in a glass. Do you want to take us through what that egg white really does to the drink? Because I know lots of our listeners may or may not have ever tried that or even thought of putting an egg white in a drink. 
So it makes your drink a lot thicker. Uh, the first time I ever tried it was in a Ramos, which is a uh, rum or gin drink made with it. But it also creates this kind of like a foam on top, similar to like a milkshake in a way. Um, it's <clears throat> one of my favorite ways to have a whiskey sour, just because this version of the whiskey sour is a little bit more sour. You get more of the taste of the lemon, but you also have enough sweetness to compensate for it. And that little bit thicker, like texture of the drink helps to not, you know, cover your taste buds in sour right away. And I just, I'm reading a little bit on the, um, on this whiskey you got, cause I've never heard of it. Uh, a little bit cheaper, actually $23 for a bottle is what I have it at here. Um, might be more expensive where we are compared to, you know, being in Kentucky or something like that. Uh, it looks like a very interesting and, and tasty whiskey. It's only a couple years old. They're fairly new. It looks like 2018. This article was written uh, on the whiskey jug.com. If you're going to take a look out for it, uh, tasting notes, you were right on the right on the money there, you know, palate, you know, you got that caramel, oak, nutmeg, vanilla coming through. And, uh, you know, did you taste the same as what I'm pretty reading here? Decent balance, medium body, got a pretty, it's pretty soft, light feel to it. Yeah, I'd say so. And this is coming from a professional, not unlike us. <laughs> I, I, I want to try it now. That That's basically what you've got me. And I think that's the whole point of this is, you know, we try things and then you'll want to try them as well. Why don't we do an episode on lesser known whiskey brands that are affordable and good? This would be a great topic for the future. And Quinn, you didn't use a pop. You basically used the sour from your own mix as a recommendation. I used squirt in mine because I didn't know any other options. Um, I was kind of a little confused. I didn't do as much research before I bought or decided what I was going to do for this episode. Um, so in your opinion, if you're going to use, if you're, making this making a sour are you gonna go for maybe a squirt an easier don't have to worry about buying lemon juice or anything or are you really lemon juice and simple syrup kind of guy uh am i at home making myself a drink just to kind of enjoy it sit and maybe watch a movie or yeah you know, sure you're at home dinner? and tell us then what you i'm would... going to make the egg white one but if i'm making the drink and you know they're in a different time when there might be people over, you know, I'd probably buy squirt. Um, if I was going to a party, I would make one with squirt. Um, or if I was like up at my cabin or just simply didn't want to go through the effort of mixing one like the way I did. Cause it, it's a couple of steps kind of annoying. Sometimes if you're not good at separating out a yolk from an egg white, it, it can kind of ruin a couple of batches. <laughs> Fortunately, you know, I have a bit of experience doing that. My grandma taught me how to make meringues when I was a young kid because she would make them every year for Easter. So there, there's kind of this little attachment I have to nice foamy eggs, I guess, as well. <laughs> it sounds like it. Right from childhood Quinn to adult Quinn drinking a, drinking a whiskey sour for a podcast. <laughs> Though there is a bit of a warning I have to do with making one in the U.S. this way. Uh, so there's a reason our eggs look different than eggs you'll find in Europe. Why theirs are brown and spotted. 
So they don't treat theirs coming straight off the farm. Uh, instead, you see them in the condition that they were picked, so you know how clean they were kept. Whereas in the U.S., we put a lot of effort into pasteurizing them and using that to prevent the spread of disease. Whereas there, they do a lot more testing of the chicken itself instead of just a cleaning of the eggs. Because there are two possible ways that you'll get it, is either in the egg or on the shell. And so just two different approaches. So that's why there's a little bit more risk to eating a raw egg in the U.S., compared to in Europe, uh, but I still do it. I just don't do it every day. Would you recommend buying a organic egg or, or something like that then instead of just a regular egg? I honestly don't think it really makes any difference because they're still going to have to be pasteurized. Okay. And that, that pasteurization, I mean, if you raise your own chickens, you have the perfect eggs, I guess, for it. So long as you know, you know, those eggs are good. Sounds good. Yeah. So today I, like I said, I wanted to do a little bit of fun with this one because the last time I had a whiskey sour that I made myself, um, I had a bottle of grape whiskey, I believe, I think. Oh, and uh, blackberry whiskey. It was blackberry bird dog whiskey. Like, Way different. Way different. Okay. <laughs> Blackberry bird dog whiskey. And I made it in sours and man, drink that whole bottle in like two weeks. It was amazing. Mixed like that. Absolutely amazing. Great choice from a recommendation from a friend. Um, so this time I was like, you know, I'm not going to just get regular whiskey. I want to get some flavor in this and I'm not as good around the bar as Quinn is. So I'm not going to make my own syrup out of a jam. God, you're good, Quinn. So it, Dude, it's just find something sweet, throw some water in there until it's a liquid. That's all the simple syrup is. Don't 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 simplize sim simplify it for me. I I I don't want to go through that work of <laughs> of reducing it down to a liquid. No, I'm no, that's not how this works. So, I went to the store when I was home. I'm I'm podcasting away at the cabin this weekend, uh, or this week, and I went to the store when I was home and I bought a bottle of. I bought a bottle of pecan whiskey, pecan whiskey. And I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to be great. Bought a bottle of squirt. And then I left for the cabin and forgot both of those at home. Uh, I did try it though. And it was not that great. I don't think I had enough squirt at the first and it was too thick. Uh, but we're done with that. It was rebel stroke whiskey. Pretty good, but I have the whole bottle at home. So we might be adding that to a different drink in the future. So this time went to the liquor store, bought another bottle of squirt here at the cabin and walking around the shooters because I didn't want to buy a whole nother bottle of whiskey. And what popped up was this little bottle of Sheepdog peanut butter whiskey. And it's 35% alcohol. I do love Sheepdog. Do they have other good stuff? What else have you had from them? Just straight up Sheepdog. Oh, they're regular whiskey. Is it an expensive whiskey? Uh, I don't actually know the price on it. I just know it tastes delicious. Interesting. Interesting. So this is what I got. And I've never heard of Sheepdog before. So that's interesting that you have, which makes me happy, actually. Oh, it's cheap as hell. $16.49 from Total Wine. So uh, a nice, affordable bottle of whiskey. And this is the peanut butter whiskey I'm looking at, not the regular. I can't even find anything for the regular, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, everybody's all about the, the peanut butter right now, which is kind of a little bit of a craze we might talk about in some other episode, even though, oh, I, please, no. even though I know Quinn would bash my head in if I made him buy a peanut butter whiskey. 
I, I, I wouldn't do that. I just wouldn't enjoy a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> now, I made this drink a while ago. Um, and I don't, I, I, same as Quinn, we both try to not taste our stuff, but I held off this time. Uh, everyone around me at my, at my cabin tried it and they liked it. And I licked the spoon except for one person. One person didn't like it. She is not a peanut butter fan. I don't think so. She was very unhappy having to drink that, but let's see what we get from this. So it's peanut butter and squirt and it's about an ounce of peanut butter whiskey and two or three ounces of squirt maybe. And then I put a little lemon juice in there as well. Oh, okay. And the ice has melted a little bit. So I'm getting it's watered down for sure. That's upsetting a little bit. Okay. But the flavors are coming through pretty well. You get that squirt in the background. So you get that little bit of sour. That lemon juice kind of evened out the flavor a little bit along with it melting. And how sweet is it? It's not at all. I wouldn't say it's that sweet. It's a little, it's a little okay. on the sweeter side. A little bit on the sweeter side, I'd say. Let me try it again here. I should have tasted it earlier. I wouldn't say it's that sweet at all. And... Uh, ooh, okay. So straight, it's a very mellow peanut butter flavor. It's not a strong peanut butter flavor. The Rebel Stroke... Um, Pecan whiskey was a very strong and, and biting uh, liquor. This one is not very biting. I just tasted the liquor on its own. It's not very biting, and it is quite a mellow peanut butter flavor too. So the peanut butter flavor definitely was made a little stronger by the by the um, by the squirt. Interesting. Wow, that's interesting. And I, it's like mixing with the flavor of the squirt and pushing to the forefront of the drink. And it doesn't finish with a flavor. It just kind of, it's the same straight through. Which you would expect from a simple mixed drink, I suppose. Very I guess, but I, I think you might get some different flavors out of that peanut butter. I don't know how to describe it in any other way. I'm going to make you try this sometime because... It's not a strong peanut butter flavor. I'll I'll keep an open mind to it. I just I never really got a taste for peanut butter. So But it doesn't it doesn't taste like I'm eating I'm drinking what I should be eating. You know what I mean? Right. This is good. I'd make this again. I, and usually that's not how my attitude is with the show. To make whatever I can. Usually you regret your decisions. <laughs> Usually I, I highly regret everything that I've made and that I have to drink while we're on this show. And decisions were made. They may not have been correct. <laughs> almost but we're here. Now. Almost always wrong in my decisions. I think <laughs> I think the audience will come to appreciate my ability to pick the wrong thing when we're making a when we're making drinks and just listening to me suffer, absolutely suffer through drinking it. But I usually finish. Other than la other than last week when you had to drink the, <laughs> you had to suffer through that sherbet and, and seltzer. You you, I think I think you would have thrown up if you if you if you were a little bit more on the I hate this side. <laughs> no, I I was probably a little harder on it than I should have. <laughs> but it, I, it's not that it tasted awful. 
It's that it didn't taste good, <laughs> and it was so expensive to make compared to the level of enjoyment that even occurred from like looking at it <laughs> compared to tasting it. Okay, I would definitely buy a bottle of this. Like, I would definitely buy a bottle of this peanut butter whiskey, and I would drink it and make this drink again. And uh, it would, it would be good. I, I would definitely go to a party with this, and I would make everybody try it there. Because, like I said, sixteen ninety nine. It's not a, it's not a expensive bottle, so I'd be okay with giving out, giving this kind of liquor out. And uh, well, I'll, I'll try it. I guess at some point, maybe. And I know for a fact, Bird Dog Black Blackberry is a good whiskey too for a whiskey sour. And Quinn, here's my question for you: When you're making a whiskey sour, you know you put the flavored pomegranate in for your simple syrup. However, would how do you feel about flavored whiskeys in general for mixed drinks in general? And then and then touch on your sour opinion. It depends on the flavored whiskey. I've had some that I really like. Uh, there's a joke amongst my friends about how if you eat or take a uh, drink of the Crown Royal Maple, you will smell like pancakes for the next 24 hours. <laughs> it's inevitable. doesn't matter what you do. Okay. You will smell like pancakes. Um, <laughs> and... They tend to be on the sweeter side for me, so I, I try to avoid them. But I honestly kind of look at a flavored whiskey the way I look at a smokier whiskey. It's just adding a new flavor in. It depends on how they're doing it. Um, I find that more like the natural way to add it, actually using the fruit, you get better flavors that I like a little bit more. It's a little bit less sweet, more full-bodied. But that being said, I've tried, you know, some like raspberry whiskey or blackberry whiskey that's certainly been a, you know, additive that they add that tastes pretty good. Well, you know, I, since I've only had pretty much whiskey sours with uh, flavored whiskeys, I'm going to say that I, I think it's a good choice. I think that you should definitely try it. Uh, I think that it definitely adds another layer of flavor to it and kind of pushes the drink in the way that you want to go. But be be inventive with this. You know, the the market on... Oh, 100%. Oh yeah. The market of flavored whiskeys right now is very large. I was at the liquor store, and I I was shocked by how many flavored whiskeys, because I usually go to the liquor store, if I'm getting a whiskey, I just get, like, a bottle of Crown, or I get a bottle of whiskey. Like, I just get a straight... I didn't think about all the different flavors that were there, and there's a lot. Oh, okay, I take that back. Crown Apple, one of my favorite choices there. Any apple-flavored whiskey. We have a bottle of that, actually, in our apartment. And I don't think I have ever tried oh. Crown Apple. So I'll have to give Quinn, it a try. Crown Apple and Sprite, unbelievable. One of, that is one of my go-to drinks if I'm having a, if I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to drink a little bit tonight at a bar in the country because it gets real expensive in town. I drink that a lot when I'm out at the cabin, at the bars. Very good drink. Definitely, definitely highly recommended. I didn't know that was a normal thing to be at bars. Interesting. What do you mean? The Crown yeah, Apple. I, yeah, it is. And maybe not like at a dive bar like our town, but but out here, I see it almost every bar they have Crown Apple. And uh, yeah, I've definitely seen it a lot at bars. 
works. It's a good. It'll be really expensive if you go to the wrong place because it's a it, it's considered a top shelf kind of liquor. Even if it, we could argue about that, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> because of the bang <laughs> it might get a little spendy for you if if you're you know trying to get shit faced on this but for the most part it, it's not terribly expensive if if you're at like a kind of like a country bar is where i like to drink them the most because like i said the taste or the taste is good and the price is more what i want to pay for there more like four five bucks a drink instead of seven you know yeah that's that's fair certainly one of the nice things about I honestly don't really go to bars that often, even when I yeah. could. So, and and yeah, no, you didn't. You, you I mean, the the issue of working in a restaurant and in the industry, you you drink at the bar you work <laughs> at, and then you go to any other bar and you see how expensive it is, and you just go, "Oh goddamn, <laughs> where's my where's my employee discount or my employee free shot at the end of my night?" <laughs> Oh boy, Quinn! It's this much for this beer? God damn! Well, I'll just go to the liquor store and buy it and go home instead. This is pointless. <laughs> You're not too far off, Quinn. You you done you done fucked up? I, I <laughs> this is on the the show agenda today, and I just oh yeah. So this was a show agenda. We look behind the curtain. We're filming this a week after we meant to, and last week when I was writing this up. I made a whiskey sour and my bottle of bitters didn't dash. It poured. <laughs> so I made myself a extremely bitter drink that finished really sour. Oh, and that bad. was all I could taste. <laughs> so bad. And I was very glad not to have to suffer through it when we didn't do the podcast, though I did end up kind of fixing it and finishing it, uh, added a little bit of simple syrup, tiny bit more whiskey, a little bit or a lot and, of uh, lemon juice, <laughs> a little bit or a lot of it. Well, oh, not enough to <laughs> fix it enough to make it. Okay. Well, why didn't you fix it? You got to drink it anyways. Because of that, with the amount of bitters that were in it, I didn't have enough Jameson left in the <laughs> bottle. To make it taste right. And, and <laughs> you just mentioned something that I thought was a little interesting. You picked an Irish whiskey for that. And and how did that change the flavor for it? Because I just, I feel like all you would be able to taste is, an, is the Irish whiskey in any sour if you put it in there. I kind of thought it was the other way around where the Irish whiskey just kind of hid behind everything. But that being said, it was also a whiskey sour that was bitter as hell. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I sir, I tasted. I mean, the old Bardstown came through in this, but I don't believe Jameson really would have come through that much. Okay. It certainly would have had a taste. There, there would have been something to it. It's not like it would have entirely been overshadowed, but I, I think there was just a little bit more like bold flavor and background to the old Bardstown compared to Jameson. So I want to start out with the history of a whiskey sour. I think that needs to come to the forefront here. This is a drink that's been around for a long time. Whiskey has been around for a very, very long time. Quinn, you know, we talk about when was this first introduced and it's a long, 
long time ago, but probably could have been longer ago too. Well, yeah, I mean, whiskey has been around. I don't know. We'll get to that on the whiskey podcast. I need to do more research because I've heard a couple of different stories and it, it's very old and honestly relative to drinking. This drink is fairly new. Uh, the first documented case was or documented case. Wow. Uh, first documented <laughs> recording of it <laughs> was in 1870 in the uh, Waukesha Plain uh, newspaper in Wisconsin. However, there all are alternate recordings uh, that place it about eight years earlier, written by Jerry Thomas in the Bartender's Guide. So I don't know if maybe Jerry Thomas wrote it down first and then they started making it in Wisconsin. But that's uh, one of those two, I guess, is where it came from. But honestly, it originates before that to the whiskey sour or to other sour drinks that were drank on ships, um, also known as punches or ponchas, which originated in India uh, in, I believe, the 1100s or before. Uh, we'll get to that in a punch episode when we do it eventually, because punch is actually a really cool thing because the name itself is a recipe. It is. And and punch doesn't have to have liquor in it either. That's what I think that's a more interesting step to that as well. Where, you know, there's 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 a few set of alcoholic drinks like that, but they're more, you know, your margaritas or other things along those lines. Well, the at least my knowledge, the original recipe for punch that I saw did include alcohol as a way to preserve it. Interesting. For uh, a ship. Because it right? was something to be drank on ships. Hmm. Yep. To prevent the growth of mold and other bacteria. Interesting. You mentioned this bartender's guide, and that's fascinating. Back in 1862, a man who was would have been 33 at the at that time, creating a bartender's guide for everyone, and for every one of his workers at least. And he, you know, made a couple cocktails. It looks like two. Very interesting uh, life of a man who lived around alcohol to only have the prohibition come around. <laughs> 50 years after he died. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, at least it didn't come around while he was alive. I don't think, I think he would have been very, very upset if it came around when he was alive. Anyone who wrote a book named The Bartender's Guide would certainly be upset when Prohibition came around, I feel. <laughs> you know, he, and he is included in uh, the first written recipe for a Tom Collins, which appeared just after the Tom Collins hoax of 1874. Have you heard of this, Quinn? What is the Tom that? Collins hoax of 1874? In 1874, in New York, Pennsylvania, and United States, started a conversation with Have you seen Tom Collins? After listener predictably reacted by explaining that they did not know a Tom Collins, the speaker would assert that Tom Collins was talking about the listener to others and that Tom Collins was just around the corner in a local bar or somewhere else. The conversation about the non-existent Tom Collins was a proven hoax of exposure in the great Tom Collins hoax of 1874. It has become known the speaker would engage, encourage the listener to act foolishly by reacting to patent nonsense that the hoaxer deliberately presents as reality. In particular, the speaker desi desired the listener to become agitated at the idea of someone talking about them to others such that the listener would rush off to find perpetrators perverted nearby Tom Collins. 
What the hell is What the hell? Wait, no, there's more. Similar to the New York Zoo hoax of 1874, several new... What? Several... Similar to the New York Zoo hoax. Several zoo... What is it? Surprisingly, there were people in lion masks, not actually lions. It tricked people for 70 years. Oh, it says several newspapers propagated the very successful practical joke by printing stories containing false sightings of Tom Collins. <laughs> the night the eighteen seventy four hoax quickly gained notoriety and several eighteen seventy four music hall songs memorized memorialized the event. What is this? I gotta see this New York Zoo. Oh, it doesn't say anything about the zoo hoax. So if you know what the New York Zoo ho- hoax is, please tell us because that is insane. Can you imagine just walking? Were they not actually zebras? Were they just <laughs> painted horses? <laughs> oh, God. That is that is gold. The New York Zoo hoax. The Tom Collins hoax was enough of a – the fact they called it a hoax was like a level too far. And then you go out and make a – what? What? I want to try this. I want to walk into a bar – with a bunch of dumb college students and be like, Tom Collins is talking shit about you across the street and see if they run out and leave. Cause I'm 100% sure they would. I feel like it depends on the person, but honestly, yeah, try that with anyone. Oh my God. I, but don't bring back the Tom Collins hoax. I, I think I have to, I think that would be a good thing. <laughs> oh, I, I have a new appreciation for the name of the Tom Collins now that I know it's just an inside <laughs> joke with the bygone era, oh I guess. Oh, my God. Proven hoaxes of exposure are semi-comical or private sting operations that usually encourage people to act foolishly or credulously without credit by failing or by falling or pat for patent nonsense that the hoaxer deliberately pre- presents as reality. <laughs> what is this? Why? Well, speaking of kind of weird things, so this is unconfirmed, but I heard this a lot um, in the past. Do you know the origin of Mountain Dew? I don't. I don't. It was actually created as a way to make a whiskey sour on the go. Now, I can't confirm that. <laughs> But I will say, I have been places where, you know, that's the standard mix for their whiskey salad. Really? It's Sierra Mist or Mountain Dew. That, it just doesn't, it, yeah, that's insane. Because Mountain Dew just does not it, sound, does not taste like it would be the right flavor for a, a, a whiskey salad. No, it isn't. Which makes me wonder if there's somehow an old recipe that's more sour and less just really sweet and neon green. That being said, I am a Mountain Dew fan, so. <laughs> well, what's this? The Dew Shine. What is that? Is that, that's a different kind of thing? I, I'm seeing a bottle here online. Not 100% sure what it is. Dew Shine. Dew Shine. Let me take a look. What What are you seeing? Uh, it, it, it's, it's a bottle that says that it was created to be a whiskey sour. Or a whiskey chaser, excuse me. Oh, interesting. I'm watching a an old commercial now for Mountain Dew with a bunch with Willie Hillbilly. <laughs> and this was their mascot, it looks like. 
This was available from 2015 to 2017. The Dewshine. Interesting. What was it? I, I'm guessing it was just a, a bottled pop that they made <laughs> to, I guess, mix with whiskey. This commercial. So maybe there is some truth to what I heard. Um, this... And this was made as a, or this was made as a joke about that, that myth. Oh my God. This commercial, this Mountain Dew commercial with Willie the Hillbilly says it'll tickle your insides. <laughs> I just, I don't like it. That was, no, that was their slogan was it'll tickle your innards was the Mountain Dew slogan when they came out with the soda, with the pop. I mean, I guess it makes you go, okay, you're going to remember it. I'm not going to forget that for the rest of my life. What do you mean? And unlike Mountain Dew, this is clear. It's not neon. It's clear. Interesting. Kind of the same it's like a throwback. If you had the real sugar Mountain Dew as well. Oh, I love throwback. Yeah, the throwback. That's good too. So it, it was a long, but I'm, I'm surprised they'd stop making it. Interesting. Well, the time I mean, probably that, that, that slogan didn't really gain that much popularity. <laughs> It'll tickle your innards. No, the tickle your innards was not from the Dewshine. shine. That was from like Mountain Dew original, like, 18, like back right when they made commercials, Seven, 70s, 60s. Interesting. So in the <laughs> 60s, they, okay. I, I, I don't, I don't I guess I don't know what marketing for other brands was at the time, but that just seems like an, <laughs> right, right, a choice to make, right? It just doesn't, oh God. I just feel fitting that I'm in Wisconsin. We're doing this episode, the Waukesha plane. Or yeah, the Waukesha newspaper, the Waukesha plane dealer, uh, you know, over 150 years ago, or about 150 years ago, actually exactly 150 years ago, right? Yeah, 1870. So that that's pretty cool, and I think we can delve into uh, the next part of our episode. And you you want to give us some tips for making our own whiskey sour at home, correct? Yeah, so if you're making one with an egg white, just make sure you're shaking it horizontally with no ice to start. That's going to foam up the egg white, start to create little air pockets so that alcohol can mix through and react with the proteins and is also going to give you that nice just floating head on there. And if you're using a pop, I agree with Andrew, go squirt. Add a little bit of lemon juice if you want to it as well. But honestly, whatever you make, I'm sure you're going to enjoy. Whiskey sours are honestly that almost impossible to fuck up drink. (laughs) You can make it with a good sour lemonade. I mean, you need to do more than just mix whiskey and lemon juice. There needs to be one more ingredient. I mean, what if you like that? then good job i mean i'm just saying generally you're gonna want you know sour whiskey and something a syrup a simple syrup to yep something to sweeten the body sweeten it up a little bit and 
Do you recommend the egg white or no? I do if you want to go through the effort, but make sure that you understand there is an inherent risk to doing it in the United States. Uh, you don't want to get salmonella. So if you do decide to do it, don't make it a regular thing and make sure you're buying eggs from a place you trust. I agree. I think that the egg white could definitely add a little bit to that drink. Uh, if you listen to the bar, haven't listened to the bar episode, go back, listen to that one. Uh, we both recommend that you should have a shaker uh, or like something that you can shake it up. I don't have one with me right now. So I stirred my drink today. It worked out okay. Um, but right. so anything that you're making an egg white in, you can't really stir. Mm-hmm. You could try whisking it uh, in like a bowl. I think that would work to the to a point. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's just like making a meringue, in all honesty. You're just trying to pump some air into egg whites, and you're just not going for soft or firm peaks because at that point, it's no longer a beverage because it's a solid. <laughs> hey, hey. Solids can be a beverage. <laughs> oh, it would be delicious. It would be delicious. Be like drinking a, a, a whiskey sour smoothie. <laughs> it would be like sipping a cloud. Ooh. Now I take that back. I think that would be delicious as well. Uh, Quinn, we got a couple other sour variations. You know, we look at just the whiskey sour. It's number one variation. I is the New York sour, and I cannot wait for you to try it. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's rye whiskey. You have to use rye whiskey. It's sour mix as you would like, you know, however you're going to do it. And then you put a floating um, dry red wine on top, a little floater of dry red wine. Definitely go try this. I'm big on this, this drink and you could put an egg white in that one as well. My plan is actually to do this next week since I said I promised to do it this week. And so we'll see if next week I make a liar out of myself uh, when I I potentially don't buy red wine again. Hopefully (laughs) I do, though. Uh, But I do know a little bit of background, actually, on the New York Sour, also known as the Brunswick Sour. Uh, So it's said to have originally been served in Chicago in the 1880s. But a lot of people believe that it originated in New York potentially Brunswick, New York, well before then, and was popularized in Chicago. Interesting. I did not I did not know that. I just assumed since it was called a New York Sour, it was pretty much a New York thing. Right, you would think that. But apparently Chicago lays the claim to it. But this could be another case of, you know, Wisconsin getting credit for the regular whiskey sour when Eight years earlier, it may have been, you know, created by someone else. Yeah, this is true. Um, I'm going to take you through the traditional uh, sour cocktail mix. Uh, Pretty much exactly what Quinn said. Uh, But here's the kind of parts to it. It's two parts whiskey. Uh, You can use a bourbon or a rye. Um, Quinn, would you ever use a scotch? I don't think I... That would be very interesting. If it was a really mild scotch... Yeah. But in my experience, smoke and lemon juice is not a great mi- like smoke and sour in a beverage doesn't work the best. Hmm. I'm sure there are cases where it's amazing, 
I haven't found them. But at least the smoke from Scotch, it, I think it's a little too overpowering. I I might have to agree, but I'd like maybe on one of these shows I will try the Scotch sour because that sounds like something that could be interesting. Anyway, it could so be. It's two parts whiskey, one part lemon juice, half part to one part simple syrup, and one egg white if you'd like. Uh, like we said, shake all in a cocktail shaker, uh, dry shake with that um, egg white, and you serve this up. Oh, interesting. Oh, if serving up, you garnish it with a cherry or an orange slice. Would you garnish it? I, I, I've never seen a whiskey sour garnished. I've seen it garnished with a cherry before. Uh, I'm not a big fan of maraschino cherries. They're not bad. I'm just, I tend to avoid them because I would rather the drink without it. So I've, I've seen it done that way. I might not. This one, I mean, yeah, it would have been pretty good garnished with an orange slice or I've seen them all with a like lemon twist on there. Okay. I think I think I could go for that. That that makes sense in my head. I've also even seen them with lavender. Lavender. Yep, add in that herbaceous flavor. Like you'd see a, a lavender lemonade. I could probably even, you know, could find a good recipe for something with a basil in there as well. Because basil and lemon, great mix. One more bit of history before we move on to other kinds of sours. We're just going to hit on those here at the end of the episode. But when you add an egg white, I'm reading here, it, it can be called a Boston sour. I don't know if you read that at all. Very, in, I've never heard the term Boston sour before in my life. I can't say I have either. So if go to your bar, walk up to the bartender, look him dead in the eye and say, I want a Boston sour. And then when he goes, what is that? Say, you should know that you're a bartender. Please do. Uh, don't shame your bartender. Tell us, how it, tell us how it goes. Tell us if you get some spit in your drink. We want to know. Tell us if you're asked to leave <laughs> because us. you deserve to be asked to leave. Uh, this is especially good. And if then you let know us know how good of a tip you left. Because <laughs> if you're in the U.S., you better have left a good tip for that bartender because they just put up with your shit. <laughs> Even if they kicked you out? I'm not leaving a tip if I got kicked out. Well, no. If you got kicked out, you haven't been served. Oh, but if you got served, and especially if they made you that drink after you go and you should have known this. <laughs> oh, God. I just... Okay. Oh, well, let's take a look at some other alcohols that you can make in, in a sour variation. We're going to start out with gin. Uh, we both know that Quinn and I are, are gin fans. Your gin sour, uh, two ounces of gin, three-fourths ounce of lemon juice, and simple syrup. I don't know how this would be, Quinn. I don't think you've had this either. I haven't either, but it sounds, honestly, gin and tonic without the bubbles. But, it, but it's a different but flavor than tonic. Syrup and, right, it doesn't have the quinine in it. I'd, I'd be interested to try it. I think this would be good. I, you know, Maybe I, when we do just a, a straight-up Sours episode, if we ever do a straight-up Sours episode. Or we, we could, yeah. know if you want to hear one. 
if you do, yeah, we will definitely delve into all of these all of these topics. We're just skimming the surface today. Um, yeah, another one here is the aviation cocktail. The bar I worked at, the restaurant, we had an aviation um, gin cocktail. It's uh, one three ounces, one three fourths ounce gin, three fourths lemon juice, and this this here it is three fourths maraschino liquor, not cherries. Liquor, maraschino liquor, and a bar spoon of uh, cream de violet. So that one sounds interesting as well, and I'd love to try that as well. Interesting. I I like the violet in there. I've had a lot of drinks that have used you know violet or a lavender liqueur in there, and it always makes it better, and often makes it better in my opinion. There are certain cases where I've been you know playing around with flavors at the restaurant with the bartenders and we throw lavender into something and go oh that was a terrible mistake <laughs> oh god lavender is a fun flavor I, I think it's very light but it will come through in most drinks for sure oh especially if you're using a lavender liqueur less is more because as soon as you get that flavor in there it's not going anywhere yeah, and exactly. I, Quint, what would uh, what else would you say has that kind of taste? Tequila definitely doesn't fall behind anything usually. True. Anytime you're using, you know, spices or chilies, oh, I think spicy. lemon is another case where once you put it in, it's there, and you're going to be dealing with acid and sour, or restarting. <laughs> Well, maybe not restarting, but drinking something different than you originally thought it was going to taste like. It's true. This is gin true. can often be like that too. Yeah. And definitely scotch. Once you throw scotch in something, it has scotch in it. It's smoky. Typical typically you're not gonna put scotch in any mixes, right? Yeah, not not a ton. I'm sure there are more. I like my scotch as a scotch and soda, scotch neat, or scotch and water. Sometimes scotch on the rocks. Looking at another last one. Have you had a French 75 yet? I've read this a couple times. I've heard of it. I have never tried it. One and a half part gin. They have a spiced gin in here as a recommendation. Very interesting. On uh, distiller.com is where we are right now kind of working through this uh, website. So shout out them, not a sponsor. Um, hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. Three-fourths ounce lemon juice, half ounce simple syrup, two ounces of dry champagne, and a spiral of lemon for the garnish. This one sounds good too. Well, we should try it sometime. We should. I'm going to stop saying they should be good because it doesn't matter because we're not drinking it right now. Uh, moving on to a brandy. How do you feel about brandies? I love brandies. It's a good choice. Good choice. Uh, have you had a Pisco Sour, a Sidecar, or a Jack Rose? I've had a Sidecar. Did I you, liked them. You enjoyed it? I did. Okay. Interesting. It looks I. It looks good. It's pretty simple, actually. Just cognac, lemon juice, and triple sec. What, uh, we'll get back to that. We'll come try it. Pisco is a type of brandy, I believe. This one has an egg white in it. It doesn't say optional. Definitely has to have it in there. 
Do you think bitters go well? How, okay, excuse me. Why do bitters go well with sours? Because it adds another strong flavor that acts in contrast to the sour. It adds more depth, helps to, you know, engage more of your taste buds. So just not one area is being activated. More areas on the taste buds are being activated and makes a more pleasurable experience when drinking it. Unless you pour a full bottle into it, as I did last week. <laughs> it wasn't a full bottle, but it might as well have been. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Uh, and the Jack Rose is that last one. Two ounce apple jack, lime juice, and grenadine also sounds good. A rum sour is, this is a daiquiri. I don't understand what we're doing here. It's the same thing. El Florita? Well, I'm sure there's like a hundred different forms of sours for almost every type of alcohol just because of sailing. Why why would a sour last so well on a boat? Well, so the sour was in there to get vitamin C to prevent scurvy. Since fresh fruit was almost impossible to bring in transit with you for long voyages, you had to find some way to get vitamin C in your body and a punch um, was the best way to do it because it had citrus, it had sugar, it had liquor to preserve it, it had water to keep you hydrated. And well, here's my question. Is the sour always in those instances, instances, would the sour always be a lime or a lemon juice? Not always. There would be, you know, oranges, limes, lemons. Generally, it was some kind of a citrus or some other kind of citron. So, you know, when you talk about scurvy, would would the counteract be that acid destroying your teeth? Is that not what the, you know, drinking so much of this stuff? I'm sure it couldn't have been good for your teeth. But <laughs> honestly, at that period in time, how much did people care about their dental hygiene? Death, no teeth. I don't know. I, 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 that's pretty easy. It, it's a pretty easy one for me, I think. You, you just die? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I, my teeth are very important to me, and I, I don't think my voyage across the Atlantic that took a month would, uh, would be worth not having any teeth. Uh, see, I, and I'm going to be on the opposite side of you. I'd rather be alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Quinn, we're getting to the end here. Any, any last, last things you want to talk about for your sour variations? Not really, but if you're making one at home, play around. Try adding new things into it. Muddle. Try a mint sour. Try a basil sour, a lavender sour, a ginger sour. Peanut butter sour. Peanut butter sour. Try using honey as your sweetener. Try using marmalade. Uh, any different kind of way you want to make it, play around, have fun, and let us know what you made. Definitely. Tag us on Twitter. Tag us on Instagram. Tag us on Facebook. We are everywhere. We are on all your social media platforms. Please come to us, or we'll come to you, I guess. Send us an app. We'll come follow your page. <laughs> we'll come to you. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll post on your pages. We'll find out what you're drinking. 
Uh, we'll try to get our drinks out. We got our, all of our social media pages up and running. Hopefully there's some posts on there about uh, what drinks we're trying. We need some pictures. Quinn always sends a beautiful picture of his drink uh, most weeks, even when you put half a bottle of bitters in it. Oh, that <laughs> and, was amazing. I actually put effort into that picture and the picture tasted or looked and probably tasted 10 times better than that drink. The picture looked 10. I can, you, you know, when you said that, I was like, wow, the drink looked so good last week. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> hey, you just didn't see the bitters on top. I, I tried to put a couple of dashes, do some nice little pretty swirls with them. Like, the traditional one would and instead made terrible. <laughs> well, Quinn, did you finish your, did you make a second drink? <laughs> no, I didn't. That would have involved getting up and then a lot of loud shaking. Um, hey, I think so that I, I did finish it off, but I would definitely make this again. If I had more of that passion fruit preserve, but it was just a tiny little jar I was given for my birthday from someone. Hmm. Passion fruit. Interesting. Very interesting. Or dragon's fruit, not passion fruit. Oh, dragons, dragon's fruit. Dragon's fruit. Hmm. Very interesting. I've never had dragon's fruit before. It's really good. I will. I might have to go try it now. I definitely might have to go try it. You know, if you want to replace some of the lemon or lime juice for a different juice, we just talked about that. Definitely try that with your, with your with your sour if you want to use some fresh herbs like quinn said throw some of those in there make a little simple syrup kind of stuff throw them in it says cilantro here now i want to try that that sounds amazing that'd probably be pretty good that sounds amazing i wouldn't i don't think i'd use thyme i might use lime instead of instead of lemon though for that because lime and cilantro together are just so good yes might as well just make a margarita at that point that just feels Mex- that just feels like a, a Mexican drink, cilantro and lime. Is it just a pico? It's just pico? Pico de gallo in there? Well, I mean, I guess if you add in some Bloody Mary mix and can make a version of a pico de gallo in a way. A little bit of onion syrup and then tequila. Now, that might be an interesting episode to do. We might but have to make that. Here, just making a meal in a glass. Like Joan Soda did with their Thanksgiving soda pop. Thanksgiving. Inspired by Willy Wonka's Thanksgiving gum. A Thanksgiving drink, I think, is a good one. And uh, a pancake breakfast. Have you have you heard of this before? Yes, I have. I, I think. I can't say if I've had it, though. I think that that would be a good choice as well. You know, we can talk about that in our shot episode. But I, I'll just try to pan cake breakfast shot i want to know what's in it it's maple something i think and uh we'll get to that in our our shots episode quinn you're gonna let me do a shots episode you're not gonna drink anything do a shots episode with you yeah but you got to take shots for every drink we talk about then we might just not do you know a lot of different shots or drink every single one because safety What's safety? You're in your own house. True. But there are so many shots we can talk about. We'll get to shot number 89 and just fall. <laughs> the breakfast shot is Jameson, butterscotch, snaps, and uh, orange juice as a chaser, which sounds amazing. Interesting. I, I, eight, 89. Quinn, 
we barely got to like 10 drinks today. How are we talking about 89 different shots in one episode? I don't know, but I, I assume that that episode would just be a hell of one. <laughs> well, I agree. Quinn, it's been great talking to you today. I think we hit everything we could on the Whiskey Sour. I wish there was a little bit more history, but unfortunately there was not today. Um, any last words for, for everyone in the audience? Uh, no, not really. In, enjoy. Drive responsibly. Wear a mask. Please, for the love of God, <laughs> wear a mask. Double on that one. Definitely drink responsibly. Get that Uber home. We always tell you the party in the Uber is better than a party in a jail cell or the drunk tank from driving home behind the wheel after enjoying some delicious, delicious alcohol. Definitely do not do that. Find your taxi ride home. There's no problem with calling for a ride home or paying for that $50 Uber ride because you know what's a lot more expensive? Yeah, putting a interlock system on your car. A lawyer. A lawyer. <laughs> the jail cell. Oh, wait, that's free. <laughs> All right, Quinn. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, you have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you guys next week. Talk to you later, guys.